Charlotte, North Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. That song said, no more bondage. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be bound, not in my mind. I don't want to be bound in my heart. I don't want to be bound in my soul. I don't want to be bound in my spirit. I don't want this body to be bound. I want to be free. Like the Bible declares, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. The Bible declares it's the truth that you know that makes you free. I just want to be free. I want to be free to praise him. See, I'm not talking about where you have music and messages that move you in your emotions, but I want to be able to give God praise when the hard truth comes. See, I'm talking about that truth that deals with the core of who you are. You don't like it because there's a revealing of who you are by God. I'm talking about some truths that makes you feel guilty, some truths that makes you feel shame, some truths that makes you feel nasty and perverted. But even in that moment, God, because you love me enough to speak this truth, I want to be able to lift my hands because I'm free to give you praise, God. Even when the hard truths come, I want to still be able to say, God, thank you for that truth, God. I, I don't necessarily like it, but it's the truth. That thing made me cringe a little bit, but it's the truth. Oh, yeah, it made me want to cover up my face and not come outside for five days, but it's the truth. Yeah, there were some truths that'll make you lay on the floor and cry for some hours, but it's the truth. I'm talking about that truth. When that type of truth comes, I want to experience that truth, receive that truth, and get up changed. Because I don't want any more bondage. Oh no, I don't want any more bondage. I want to be free, free to praise God, free to worship God, free to lift my hands, free to dance before God. I'm telling you, you can look across the body of Christ and you can look in certain houses and see people are only responding to music that moves them emotionally, responding to messages that moves them emotionally. But still go home being bound. Lord, I thank God for the truth. I thank God for the uncompromising truth. All right, all right. Come on. Grab your Bibles if you got your Bibles. We're going to go to the book of Mark, chapter number 7, verse number 20. Mark, chapter number 7, verse number 20. And if you can hold Jeremiah 17, verse number 9. I don't know if I'll go there, but listen, we're going to try. Matter of fact, go to Jeremiah 17, 9 first. If I'm going to get to it, I might as well go to it first if I'm going to get to it. 
because <laughs> I might not get to it. Jeremiah 17 and 9. And the word of our holy God reads this, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You can be seated in the presence of our living God. And the title that we're going to work with on today is a heart like this. A heart like this. And we're going to actually deal with the flow of the heart. When you understand the function of the heart, the heart is designed to carry the blood flow throughout the body. There are four chambers of the natural, of the physical heart. And to simplify it, you can look at the heart. It's divided. There are two portions on each side. There's that upper and that lower part of the heart. Uh, I don't know the medical terms right now. They're escaping my mind right now, but that's not even important. Just know that there are two sides of the heart, four chambers. Upper part, lower part, right? But the main function of the heart is to carry the blood pump the blood and we understand anything about scripture that the Bible lets us know that the life is in the blood the life is in the blood so in a simple way that we look at the heart these four chambers or these two sides look at the heart as a duplex divided by a partition in the middle of the heart separating the two sides the left and the right side your ventricles and all of that stuff. It's not even important, though. <laughs> right? But thank you for that, right? So understand, look at the heart like a duplex. The main function of the heart, the physical heart, is to blood flow, push the blood through around the body, through the circulatory system. It's much more involved in the circulatory system when you talk about this oxygen and things that goes into the lungs and all this stuff. Carrying oxygen in the blood throughout the body and allowing the cells to grab the oxygen out of the blood. All these different things. But the main function is I want you to see is the blood flow throughout the circulatory system. And we're talking about the heart flow. That's the subtopic of what we're dealing with. We're saying a heart like this. The subtopic being the heart flow. So we understand by means or by way of the circulatory system, the life is in the blood, the flow. This is what's flowing throughout your body. Here we go into the book of Jeremiah. It says the heart is deceitful. So we understand one of the things that lies in the heart is deceit. If deception lives in the heart, and if the main function of the heart is to push a blood flow, Let's just replace deception with anger for a second. Right? Because I want you to really see something. This, this thing became very evident to me yesterday. I was watching a movie uh, throughout the course of my day yesterday, trying to study. <laughs> I never said I didn't watch TV. I, I specifically said I didn't watch TV all day. I watched TV. I didn't watch TV all day. I also said I studied off and on. I know how to watch TV and know what's going to be around me and that doesn't bother me from studying. You know, there's someone on this front row over here, you know, just, I'm not going to call any names. <laughs> so listen, we're going to place deceitful with anger for a moment. So in this particular movie that I saw, Hobbs and Shaw, right? Y'all familiar with that? It's 
one of the last movies of the Fast and Furious combination, right? Or or add on to the Fast and Furious uh, uh, that 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 movie line of movie, right? There was a scene when 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 Hobbs Hobbs being the Rock, if you smell that guy, the big, right? Some of us we know who he is. We know who he is. See, in my house is Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis, you know, or any chocolate brother. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> the women are funny. The women are funny, man. The women are funny, y'all. <laughs> right? In this scene, right, this one particular scene, Hobbs and Shaw, mind you, they, 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 they can't stand one another. But because the fate of the world is on the line, the two of them must come together in order to save the world. Right? Now, it's, it's funny that we can't, get, we can't get beyond our issues with one another to come together, work together to save the world that both you and I live in. Our issues are greater than what we have to do. There is no one more suited for this task other than Hobbes and Shaw. But yet we can't get over our issues. Now it became real for me as they were standing across the table one from another. Now mind you, the table had chairs around the table, but they never chose to sit. That's how much they couldn't stand each other. We got, I, I just, I'm not sitting across from you. Right? I'm not even going to sit down. I can't stand you. I don't even want to be in your presence like that. Right? As Hobbes, rock, the big guy was sitting down, right? He, he grabbed the back of the chair like this, and he made a fist. Now, you know when the fist clenches, his, his fist was so tight as he grabbed the chair that his knuckles began to turn red. If we're replacing deceit with anger, and the main function of the heart is to push through the circulatory system, the blood, and we understand, according to Scripture, that life is in the blood, so whatever is living in the heart is being pushed around the body. For example, when you see anger, we saw the anger in his clenched fist. You could talk about you seeing the anger. Notice how people say, I saw the rage in their eyes. Or when a person goes and commits murder and they actually commits murder with their hands. How the Bible now, what I'm, what I'm actually doing is painting you a broad stroke picture of 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 when you lend your members to the enemies. Whatever's in the heart is being pushed. The life of what's in the heart is being pushed around the body. And you can see this stuff manifest in the members of the body. For example... You may not like it, but it's true. You can have aggressive sex. Right? So what's in the heart for some people, this is passion, this is pleasure. But I'm trying to show you something that the heart is pushing around the body. So Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful above all things, deceitful above all things. All things. So I don't care what your mind is saying. I don't care what your mouth is saying. I don't care what you heard. I don't care what you saw. You see, me, I used to have this little philosophy. I still kind of have this philosophy. 
Forget what you heard and repeat what you saw. <laughs> I used to have little crazy sayings in Florida just to, just to keep me on track. Nah, forget what you heard, repeat what you saw. I figured people would try to play with my, 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 my ears, my hearing. But my eyes will not deceive me. My eyes will not never let me down. What did you see, Lincoln? Huh? I'm learning, though. I'm learning. So I don't care what your mind says. I don't care what your mouth says. I don't care what you see with your eyes. I don't care what you heard with your ears. The heart is deceitful above all of those things. And it is desperately wicked. Now, how wicked? This is desperately wicked. How wicked? This is desperately wicked. Who can know it? When we go over to Mark chapter 7, we're looking at how desperately wicked the heart is. In Mark chapter 7, verse number 20, Jesus says, and he said, that which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. All right, go to 21. For from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and defile the man. So Jeremiah said the heart is desperately wicked. Mark paints us a picture of how desperately wicked the heart is. So he's letting us know, Christ is letting us know because the issue were, you know, the religious leaders had an issue with Christ's disciples eating food without washing their hands. Because to the religious leader, they were ceremonially unclean. Right? And Christ is like, okay, you worried about them eating with dirty hands. And you give the image or the illusion that you are so right or you are so clean because you wash your hands all the way up to your shoulders and stuff. You know, that you are so clean. In reality, he's saying, okay, it's not this stuff that you bring from the outside, put it in, that's making you clean. It's what's on the inside that comes out. That's what defiles you. That's what makes you unclean. So he said, he said, that which cometh out of the man, that's what defiles. So the thing that comes out of you is what defiles you. And as we continue with our current sermon series, The Anatomy of Bondage, we have been painting this picture of what bondage actually looks like. Because we understand most people, when they hear the term bondage, they automatically, especially if you're in the church, you automatically think demon possession. That is an element of bondage. Right. But we walk you through oppression, suppression and then possession. All right. So understand, we talked about uh, giving you a, a, an image for someone who, who is well uh, averse or uh, uh, knowledgeable. We'll say knowledgeable, knowledgeable about demonology, dealing with deliverance, um, casting out devils, things of that nature. You understand this because most of you may not understand. There was a reason why when you come to this altar, why? Now, some people in their zeal, they may just automatically lay hands on your head. 
right? But a person who is knowledgeable about the person that they're praying for and what they're praying for as they're being led by the Holy Ghost, we strategically place our hands. If I place my hands upon your head, then I'm dealing with something that is psychological, something of the mind. Whether that be some type of oppression of the mind, some type of suppression of the mind, or some type of possession of the mind. If we lay our hands over the heart area, the chest area, you know, because sometimes men get prayed for by women and, and vice versa, right? If we lay our hands over the heart, we're actually dealing with your emotional realm or your soulish realm. You could be bound, there could be bondage inside of your heart, in your soulish realm, right? Demonic forces can hide themselves within your emotional realm. Demonic forces can hide themselves inside of your soulish realm. For example, I don't have no clue why we're going this way, but we're going this way. For example, we can speak to your psychological realm and deal with something like rejection, right? Where you've been dealing with the thoughts of rejection. You know, what we have, like Pastor Ivan talked about last, last Sunday in Prophets of Benita on Wednesday, talking about those imaginations, those sophisticated arguments, or those internal discussions that we have. A lot of them take place in your mind. What you think about being rejected. Or you played a scenario over in your mind about what it is to be rejected, right? The person hasn't even rejected you yet, but you have already walked yourself through being rejected by this person. Right? So you've had the conversation of how you're going to look when you approach them and what they're going to actually say when they actually reject you. You have had the conversation in your head. All those this hasn't actually played out in life yet. Hence the imagination. You imagine this all in your head and had a conversation with just you. Your mind imitated their voice, said what you believe that they're going to say to you when you actually get rejected, when none of this has actually happened in the reality or the real realm, right? So we could actually deal with the rejection of your mind, the psychological realm, but because you might have been actually possessed, this, this demonic force, because, for example, when we say spirit of rejection, don't always just think that we're talking to one spirit of rejection. You could be, like we say, dealing with rejection bound in your psychological realm, but there can also be a spirit of rejection housed or lost itself inside your emotional or soulish realm. And so just because I say you spirit of rejection, now the one that's in your cycle or, or your emotional realm, it may be trying to be like, mm, I ain't coming forward. Because in reality, if you don't have a trained eye or discerning eye, if you're not sensitive to the Holy Ghost to even know that a spirit of rejection is lying dormant or hid itself in the emotional realm, you can see a person go through or have all different types of manifestation when you deal with rejection based on the mind, right? So me down to saying, I command you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, come out, you spirit of rejection. Now by me having my hand on the realm, I am dealing with the spirit of rejection of the psychological realm. 
So you may be seeing manifestations of this spirit of rejection taking place. When I say manifestation, the physical body may actually be doing something because this demonic force has come forward only in the psychological realm. All right? But if we never deal with it or come to the understanding that, listen, beyond just the psychological realm, there is that emotional realm where things can be hiding in the emotions or hiding in the soulish realm, which can then leave way for things to be opened back up in the psychological realm. Right? Because as we see in, in the book of Mark, um, the heart. It's not just the mind that thinks. The heart has thoughts. Right? So it says, okay, as we deal with the anatomy of this bondage, we're showing you what bondage actually looks like. So if we lay the hands on the mind, we're dealing with your psychological realm. If we lay the hands on the heart, we're dealing with your emotional or soulish realm. If we lay the hands here where the spirit of the man is housed, we're dealing with something that is spiritual. Spiritual. Usually by the time the hands are laid here, this demonic force has caused you to act out things in your body. Now the body has actually willfully gone and done things on behalf of this demonic force. In other words, you find yourself being controlled. Look at it like this. If you find yourself unable to stop doing certain things, certain behaviors, having certain conducts, certain mindsets, it is full-blown possession. This demonic force is bringing forth its personality, pushing your human personality to the side. Because as we've shown you in scripture, the only thing that the demonic force does not have that you have is an actual body. They have knowledge, they have intellect, they have emotion, right? They have the ability to communicate, they have a will. We saw that in scripture. The only thing that they do not have that you have is a physical body. So, in this possession... A lot of times they're not trying to make themselves known all the time. All right? But we see in Scripture, they knew who Christ was. They knew who Paul was. Right? So if you are a person that is yielded to the Spirit of God, that has brought your life subject to the authority of the Spirit of God, walking in the power and authority of God, they trust me, they understand who you are. They understand who you are. So we see when, 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 when Christ came upon the men of the Gadarenes and, and, and uh, he was possessed with legion, over a thousand some odd demons. Those demons spoke out. and said, have you come to torment us before our time? So we even gave you the understanding that they are aware of time. That's knowledge to be understanding of time then they put their will on display bid us to go into the swine so they know how to make decisions they're precise in what they want but out of all the different people that have come across 
they, 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 they bring their personality forward when they want to bring their personality forward and push the human personality to the side. Because that particular story lets us know people in the region saw the demonic force acting out in this person because they talked about how this person could, would not stay bound in chains or this person would be cutting or scratching themselves and all these different things, sitting in the tombs, all these different things. So they saw the actual behavior of the demonic force. There never times where the demonic force is lying dormant. There, it only comes out at certain times or manifests at certain times. With others, the spirit is just on display all the time. You know? Uh, uh, for example, I'll give you one manifestation of how glossy eyes is a manifestation of demonic pressure. There are different things that you can signal that will give you an indication that there is demonic presence here. Like there are times I've been in conversations with people and it's almost like you have to look at one of the, I can't think of what movie it is, but, but I'm pretty sure y'all saw it in one, some movie where the eyes are like a crazy blink happens in the eyes and it's like the pupil of the eye changes or something like that. See, this thing happens so quickly while you're talking to people. You could be talking to an individual and that demonic force will come forward real quick and it'll go back. And there are times when I'm talking to people, I'm like, I see you. And I want you to know I see you. Because there was a change in the glaring of the eyes, how the person is watching you. It changes how they looks at you. And then it goes back to their normal eyes and all in a brief moment like that. And they be like, huh? I was, I was just talking. I was just, I just wanted them to know that I see them. But then there were times where this demonic force comes forward. And there are certain things, especially for people like who deal with anger. Right? I've given you some real life examples of things of anger because I know anger like the back of my hand. I told you, like, you could be standing face to face with somebody. You could be, oh, just, just hot like fire, just 38 hot. You just steaming. You just fuming. You just boiling. It can appear that your mouth is closed, but your teeth be about this. It'd be this little gap in your mouth. And you be just running your tongue across your teeth just, mm or across the top of the roof of your mouth, right? See, all them anger folk know what I'm talking about. And if, if it's not that little gap in your mouth, then your, your jaw muscles are clenched tight. And you just feel that clenching over here on the sides of your mouth. See, a lot of times you try not to show that you're angry. But this spirit is like, uh-uh, I got an audience. So there are times where you, you know, your mouth is about that far open and you'll feel your cheekbone, your cheek jump like this a little bit like. <laughs> Some of y'all who deal with anger know what I'm talking about. You'll feel that cheek muscle just jump a little bit. Now, if you're talking to me, I'd be like, you felt that? I will let you know. I saw and I'd be like, did you feel that? See, that was that little person in you. Because there was nothing in you that was trying to make your cheek muscle jump like that. What about this one? You could be sitting down or you could be standing. And your leg just. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That leg just. 
That leg just bouncing. Standing and you just bouncing. Sitting and it's just bouncing. Manifestation. Right? Those are manifestations of the spirit of anger. I'm just giving you something because I want you to understand. He's telling you, okay, this is what's in you. So one of the natural functions of the heart is to push this blood around your body. So whatever lives in the heart, if the life is in the blood, whatever is living in the heart is being pushed around your body. And that's why you see different manifestations of demonic forces in the different members of your body. For example, if infirmity, if the spirit of infirmity is this house inside, you see a lot of times, Folk are dealing with the spirit of infirmity inside their physical bodies because they have not forgiven like they're supposed to. There is resentment, there is bitterness there, and the body is suffering from this. So the heart is pushing sickness around the body. That's why you have inflammation in different parts of your body. That's why you have arthritis in different parts of your bodies. That's why different joints are... Because the heart is pushing something that is alive in your heart around your body. He said, go to, go to 21. He says, well, so from within, within, right? This word within in the Greek is talking about it is inside something. So we understand that this, this is with, it's inside of your heart. And remember we gave you the Hebraic word or the Hebraic word picture for the heart. It is the thing that controls the inside life. It is the thing that controls the inside life. Whatever's living in the heart, that's what's controlling the inside life. And the function of the heart is pushing what is controlling the inside life around your body. For example, if we still talk about anger, does it mean that you walk around? Now, there are some people who walk around angry all the time. I was one. It doesn't mean that you couldn't talk to me. I knew how to use polite words and all those different things, but you still had your assumption. You still felt he is unapproachable. Why? Because that was the anger that was exuding off of me, steaming off of me. And then you would get mad for the fact that somebody thank you, man. I am not mad. Stop saying that. Okay, I'm going to give you what you want then. See, that was me. You're going to keep saying I'm mad? Okay, I am not mad. And the more and more you keep saying I'm mad, okay, you know what? See, that's how I used to be before I was, I'm about to give you what you want. You want me to be mad? I'm about to be mad. Hmm? You do. You have plenty. I'm great. I'm glad you said that. You have plenty, ample opportunity to acknowledge what you deal with, but how many times do you actually acknowledge what you deal with? Right? So, within, defined in the Greek as inside something, in someone's inner thoughts, feelings. Definition number two for the word in, within, inside your soul. We understand the heart or the emotions are a component of the soul. In someone's inner thoughts. The soul is defined as the inner man. This is in your inner thoughts, your inner feelings inside your soul. He says, from within your soul, your inner man, out of the heart, which is a component of the soul, 
proceed, goes forth, comes out. Evil thoughts. So it's not that just your mind is the only thing that has or produces thoughts. Because we told you in Hebraic culture, mind and the heart can be used interchangeably. We told you in Hebraic culture, they made their important decisions from the heart. The heart. So for from within, out of the heart proceed evil What are the evil thoughts that are in your heart? If you have assumptions about people, guess what? Those are evil thoughts. Because we found now, as we went through the book of Proverbs, the entire book of Proverbs, we found that the Lord told us an assumption is a bad understanding. How many times you've assumed this person was going to be like this and they ended up being nothing like what you thought? Evil thoughts. You couldn't give them the benefit of the doubt, though. But when someone has assumptions about you, oh, how quickly you get mad. So your mind is not the only thing that has thoughts. We're showing you in Scripture that your heart actually has thoughts. So, what are we showing you? We're talking about the heart flow. What's flowing from within your heart? Evil. Thoughts. And this is my thing. We oftentimes talk about the thoughts of the mind. But what are the thoughts of your heart? The things that you actually have emotion tied to, feelings tied to. It's not just about people. It's about things. It's about ideas, ideologies. It's about how things are done. Right? People will have a people will have a thought about how we do things. Evil thoughts. If you think your way is always better. Evil thoughts. Because what you to have that thought that your way is always better, or to think like this on a I mean just on a regular basis. It shows you. You don't even recognize how much you struggle with idolatry. How much you have exalted yourself. I get it. There are a lot of people in the room. With and without degrees that think they're smarter than just. <laughs> and because you, you have lifted up your thought process. Your, your, your IQ, AQ, EQ. Right? Those are all terms. You should look them up. Yes. I meant to, I, I got it written down. I was telling the pastor, we needed to go into this while we was dealing with the mind, and we still may go into that. Because you need to understand your IQ, your AQ, as well as your EQ. 
But for those of us who've lifted up our, 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 our IQ, you don't realize how much you struggle with idolatry. Because what you don't realize, your, your, your sense of intelligence, your sense of smarts, this is what you pride yourself on. This is what you identify by or identify as. And this form of identity, you have only lifted yourself up as an idol. So smart that you don't realize you're bound, though. <laughs> I got the question how smart you are then. That you don't realize a demon is operating in you. Or a demon is on top of you. So it says, from within, out of the heart, proceeds evil thoughts, adulteries. Faithful. The, the lack of being faithful, right? If I were to ask you, are you faithful when it comes to discipline? I know the answer in the room to everybody. <laughs> you are so unfaithful when it comes to discipline. So unfaithful. And we don't understand just how important discipline is in our lives. Discipline is required in every area of your life. If you are going to be successful at anything, discipline is going to be required in every area of your life. But notice how we are so unfaithful when it comes to discipline. Because what flows out of my heart is adultery. This is what's being pumped around my members. That's why my mind can be made up one day and then come tomorrow, my mind is, I feel like I'm dealing with double-mindedness. When it's not double-mindedness, I just don't want to do it. I don't feel like doing it. I'm just not going to do it. Because <laughs> this is the flow of the heart. This is what's being pushed around your body. Think about it. When, we, like when I first came up, I said, I want to be free to give God praise. We all know it's a good thing to give God praise. We all know it's a good thing to worship God. But why is it some days, okay, the praise can be high, but I sit there like this. Because right now my heart is pushing adultery around. I don't want to be faithful to giving you praise. It's undeniable. Yes, you're good. But right now my life isn't good, so I'm not going to give you praise. I'm going to keep my arms folded. I'm going to keep my hands in my lap. I'm going to stay sitting down when I know you're worthy of all the praise. Then he says, okay, fornications. Whether it be the sexual, we get all of that. But we also tell you that fornication is also interpreted as intercourse, meaning conversation. There were conversations that are happening in your inner man about the will of God, 
about those you got to work with pertaining to the will of God. The conversations that happen with about those that are over you pertaining to the will of God. All of this is in the heart and it's being pumped around your body. We're supposed to be what? Subject to those that are in authority over us. God never said be subject if they do everything right. God never said be subject if this is your choice. He never said be subject if they give you, you know what I'm saying, preference. You're supposed to just be subject as a believer. But yet, while we give the illusion, give the appearance that we're being subject, we have inner conversations that are taking place. Think about it. If I'm not, if I'm not the person, because I don't call everybody every day, and if most of your phone calls have been a rebuke and not a hello or check on you, when you see my number come up, that's if you're willing to keep my number in your phone, your first thought is to think, okay, what is, he, what is he about to say now? What is he about to rebuke me about now? You have a conversation in your head before you ever talk to me. You are contemplating whether or not you're going to answer this phone. Because today, today, today just not the day. See, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, 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 you know how bad we, when we, we just in our head. Because see, today not today. Pastor ain't going to mess up, and I'm a, today he going to catch me today, and, I, oh, and I'm, 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 I'm telling you. I don't know. We have conversations like that within ourselves. Right? And you have actually, okay, because see, most of us don't stop there. Today's the day I'm about to. Some of us, you, are, you don't let me have it. Conversations in your mind and in your heart, you have let me have it. Y'all know I'm not lying. You know I'm not lying. You have, you have gave me the business in this internal conversation that you've had with me. Am I lying? Y'all know I'm not lying. You have gave me the business. Without cussing me out, you gave me the business. So fornication is what he's saying. You've had ill-advised conversations with your inner self about other people, about other situations. This is what's being pumped around your body. This is the flow of your heart. Now, the thing is, what's supposed to be the flow of the heart is honor. Because remember, we told you the Hebraic picture for honor is what opens or unlocks the inside door. The flow of the heart should be honor. So now, if we go back and look at your body, because you don't honor your body, your heart is not pumping honor around your body. Meaning if you're not eating a healthy diet, you're not honoring your, okay, because we're going to make it as practical as possible. 
Your body's not pumping honor around your body. Right? If you're not exercising like you're supposed to, making all these excuses why you can't exercise, won't exercise, but you make time to do everything else. Your heart is not pumping honor around your body. So because you're dishonoring your body in these simple ways, guess what? Dishonor is living in your heart when this is supposed to be the thing that opens the inside door of the heart to have great relationships, great friendships, right? Because what comes from honor is what? It's the door to great friendships. It's the door to great love. It's the door to great community, and it is the door to great blessings. So if you do not have great friendships, now, as a believer, God has called us to separate ourselves Come out from among those that are not clean. Separate ourselves. But you did supposed to put yourself around clean people. Now, this is my thing. If you come out from around unclean and put yourself now around clean people and you fail to have great relationships, I didn't say good, I said great relationship, it is shown that there is no honor in your heart for the people that you have now put yourself around. If you don't have great love in your life, however you want to look at it, whether it's great love from your mom and your daddy, whether it's great love from your spouse, whether it's great love from your children, however you want to look at it, if you don't have great love in your life, it's because you have felt to honor. There is dishonor in your heart. This is my thing. Your spouse love you. You know what I found out? <laughs> you know I'm going there, don't you? You know I'm going there, Venetia. Oh, yes, you do. You know what I found out? It's possible for you to love people more than they love you. I have seen this. There were some spouses that actually love their spouse more than their spouse actually loves them. I have looked at certain photographs of people's like. because yeah, that's a moment that's frozen in time. But that moment, is, that moment frozen in time is speaking a lot about the personalities involved in a relationship. One thing, it's not just the photos. I'm just giving you a, a, a situation because may, I may come and when I come in your house, oh, trust me, I look around. I look around. I'm not even going to play no, I look around because one, one, one part of my training is whenever I go into a different environment, one, plead the blood over myself. Two, discern what is going on in this atmosphere. Because God, I don't need nothing trying to attach itself, follow me, hover over me, nor enter into me when I leave this place. So I'm telling you, if I come to your house and you see me looking around, I'm looking, I'm looking with intent. Yes, I am. I'm looking. Now, I just gave you one of the things that I look at. I look at photos. Yes, I do. I don't have to look at a photo when I got the real thing in front of me. But I'm just watching the moments that are frozen in time. How we fake, floss. Oh, he loved me, I love her. You know? Right? But it is possible for a spouse to love you more than you love your spouse. 
as crazy as that sounds, it's, it's possible. I was talking to somebody and I said, you know what I believe the Lord showed me about you? You love your spouse more than your spouse loves you. And the person was like, huh? And I began to give them examples of what I'm saying. And they began to look and they was like, oh my God, I think you're right. I think you're right. There's nothing wrong with you loving that person. Because the thing is, God has put that love in you for them. Why is it that your spouse does not love you in the same manner, though? One, it could be because the anatomy of bondage is present. They simply don't know how to love. Or what they thought was love has always been something that was perverted. Most people believe that they're actually in love when they're really in lust. They might have come to the altar. Hands might have been laid on their head. We might have dealt with your psychological lust. But who's to say your emotional, soulish lust or the lust down in your spirit has been dealt with? In other words, we told you oppression is what? Oppression was defined as, uh, 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 let me go to my other page, right? It is the sense of being weighed down in body or mind. The sense of being weighed down in body or mind. So who's to say that you're not in that stage when we talk about the anatomy of bondage? God, I have no reason why I'm going this way. But I had a conversation with somebody last night, and they began to talk about this. I've never said this to anybody but you, an apostle. I never said it because I thought I was crazy. He said, but there have been times where I will be asleep. And so you know how you feel like something is on you and you can't move, you can't do anything, and you're trying to say Jesus, and, and by the time you say Jesus, it comes out your mouth in a whisper, and then whatever was holding you down, it just finally releases you. I was like, yeah, I'm, I am so familiar with that. Oh, my Jesus Christ. Yes, I know what you're talking about. They said, well, it goes a little deeper for me. They say, I'm a full-grown man, and I've been afraid to go to sleep at night some nights because of how the enemy would torment me in my sleep by means of a dream. The enemy would come and torment me through my dreams. And, and, and in tormenting me through my dreams will have a physical manifestation where I will have a dream, the enemy's tormenting me, and I recall waking up one time and seeing a woman sitting on me. I couldn't get up till my body had a release. He said, it traumatized me. I thought I was crazy. He said, I felt so guilty and I felt so shame because I know my body belongs to the Lord. Why is this happening? I said, you're not crazy. Have you ever heard of such and such words? And I, and I text the person the words. Right? Two words, incubus and succubus. Right? Incubus deals with a demonic force taking the form of a man raping a woman. And I kept trying to figure out, God, why you keep, why do I feel I don't know how to tie this in? But I kept going to scripture. 
And I found in scripture where when you go into the Hebraic, it's either the Greek, what talks about being molested by enemies. Most of us, when you look at this anatomy of bondage, whether through the means of oppression, suppression, or possession, the enemy has molested your heart, the enemy has molested your mind, the enemy has molested your physical, literal body. In other words, the enemy has had his way with you. Talking about a heart flow. Speaking to them and telling them, incubus, the enemy takes the form of a man. Succubus, the enemy takes the form of a woman. And I'm talking about the enemy will literally make you, uh, this invisible person, invisible being, will literally make you feel it. When I sent this person this truth and he read the definitions, it wasn't until he acknowledged, right? Let me give you a definition for the word acknowledge. The, uh, the definition for the word acknowledge, and this is Webster, to say that you accept. See, it was difficult for him to accept because in his mind, he thought he was crazy. He told apostle, and that's it. And then when he told me yesterday, he was like, you're an apostle, the only ones I told. He said, because I, I, just, I, I just thought I was crazy. But when I say, I understand what you're talking about, this is called this, this is this, and I sent him truth, it wasn't until he accepted or acknowledged that truth. Acknowledge means to say that you accept or do not deny the truth or existence of something. Because he felt like he was crazy, it was not allowing him to acknowledge the truth of this. It was not allowing him to accept the truth that this actually happened. Even though he knows it happens, his, his, his mental, his psyche can explain what happened, though. In other words, there was a woman dead, and then the woman was gone. All I know is my body responded, my body reacted to the woman who was dead, she's gone. What in the world was that? Until he acknowledged the truth. Meaning he accepted that. There was no more denying that I'm, okay, now you know, understand the truth is that you're not crazy. The truth is what happened actually happened. And here is what you call that. Once he acknowledged the truth, he texted me and said, I had to get off the phone because I had to run to the bathroom and up Chuck. I started purging. His acknowledgement of the truth gave truth the access to get down in his heart. Oh, y'all don't want no liberty. Y'all don't want no liberty. As much as the true God is feeding y'all, it's almost as if God is force feeding you. Because to force feed it is not you accepting it. It wasn't until he accepted it. There is no more denying the existence of what happened, it happened, that is the truth, but the truth is, okay, this is what this is. Now understand what the truth of God's word says. When he acknowledged that, it gave away. In other words, that acknowledgement gave honor to the truth of God's word, which opened the inside door of his heart, where deliverance can toss. He didn't need nobody to say, come out. 
truth that being Jesus Christ, truth of his word, went down on the inside of him and began to deal with the demonic force on his own. In his bathroom, he started upchucking on his own. He didn't need a Pastor Lincoln or Apostle Linda to lay hands on his head, on his mind, on his stomach and say, come out. The truth started dealing with it. So the thing, what I'm saying, if you get to the point where you start acknowledging truth, regardless of how it makes you feel, look. If you can acknowledge, accept the truth, then liberty can start taking place in the lives of God's people. I prophesied there was going to be an acknowledgement of truth. Oh yeah, we prophesy over you that there is going to be an acknowledgement of the truth where you're going to accept the truth of God's word. Regardless of how hard you believe the word is, regardless of how much shame you believe it bring into your life, regardless of how guilty this truth makes you feel, I prophesy over you, you are going to acknowledge the truth of God's word so that liberty can begin to take place, not just in your mind, but in your heart and in your spirit. Also, it is going to be a manifestation in your body. It wasn't until he acknowledged that truth, he accepted it. Yes, this woman got a reaction out of my body. The truth is, I look and I know I should not have looked. The truth is, I liked it. Matter of fact, the truth, I loved it. I desired it. I wanted it. I did it because I want. When we get to the heart, well, I did it because it's what I wanted to do. I did it because I liked it. I did it because it made me feel good. I did it because I desired it. I did it because, listen, it made me feel a certain way about me. I did it because this is what I was hungry for. We're talking about the flow of the heart. There should be an honor flowing from within the heart. An acknowledgement that flows from the heart. The adulteries, my unfaithfulness. Why are you unfaithful? Because I don't really believe you're faithful to me. I don't think I'm deserving of you being faithful to me. My fear makes me unfaithful. You ain't going to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it for you. That's why you aren't faithful, because you still don't understand who you are. That's why you're always questioning, why do you love me? Why are you with me? Oh, I'm all in your house today. I'm all in your house today. You still have not satisfied with why they're with you. It, 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 you still feel like you don't measure up to why they're with you. Because you, you wrestle and have this inner conversation. You're only with me because God said you're supposed to be with me. And every time you're giving me a reminder that if it wasn't God's will, you would not be with me. That's why I'm struggling with who I am and my emotions for you. That's why I find myself constantly looking around and looking at other things because I am unsure why you're with me. Because if I had my way, I wouldn't be with me. So I'm trying to figure out what makes you love me, what makes you want me, what makes you want to be with me. When I feel I'm not deserving to be loved, I'm so powerful, I'm so nasty, I'm so perverted. Who could love me but God? 
See, we have conversations like this, but I said, I, I, I know the only person that could love me as far as I am is God, but yet God sent somebody just like me to love me with all of my flaws and all of my issues and all of my hangups and all of the things and nastiness about me. You still love me. But I asked myself, if you didn't have the presence of God, would you love me? Is that the only reason why you really love me? Because if we were to remove the God presence out of the equation, would you want me? Would I be your choice? And we're not just talking about a relationship, it's meaning husband and wife, spouses. But would you choose me as your brother? If you remove the God element, would you choose me as your sister? Could I be a part of your sisterhood? Could I be a part of your brotherhood? Could it be a part of your community if you remove the God element? You want to know why I commit adultery? That's why. That's why I'm unfaithful because I'm still trying to figure out why you're faithful to me. When I go back and track it, I haven't been faithful to anybody. Most of us can go back to that first so-called relationship you were a part of. And it's how that person handled you that set the stage for every other relationship coming behind that one. Oh, you ain't going to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it. Yeah, it's when you had your first little crush and your first little crush cheated on you. And it messed up how you saw every man coming after him. It messed up how you saw every woman coming after that. That's why you were still self-guarded and you've been married 10 years and, and we still don't know everything about you. And we still still don't know all of your fears and we still don't know all of your secrets because uh, you're still self-guarded why because you have not been healed from the trauma or the pain of your first crush or your first heartbreak it's not just what man god doesn't even have all of your heart you commit adultery on God every day and some of us are at the point where we're about to commit adultery in the natural why because there was a trauma, a pain, a brokenness that you have not been healed from. Adulteries and fornications and murders. As we talked about, you murder relationships. I'm going to kill that. They get too close to me. If they get too close, what would they see? If they get too close, what would they know? So before I allow them in too close, I'm going to kill it. You know it's what you need. They remind you of yourself. It's like standing looking in a mirror and you hate it. So I don't want to have to be reminded of how foul I am and how short I keep coming. So guess what? I'm going to kill it. That's why I intentionally do something to fall out with you. It wasn't even that serious. I said, tie your shoestring so you don't trip and fall. Why are you telling me about my shoestring? And my shoestring want to be untied. Let it be untied. What is that to you? It's my shoe. We going to fall out over a shoestring? Yes, because I don't want to be close to you because you're reminding me of who I am. We talking about a hard flow. Petty issues we falling out over. Because what's flowing out of my heart? My correction is a sign of my love. 
His correction is a sign of his love. Why are you so mad that we corrected you? Well, they ain't have to say it like that. You didn't have to say that. Really? Tell me what I should have said then. I'll let you put the words in my mouth. And you know what? I'll say exactly what you want me to say, but you still found an issue with what you told me to say that you was willing to accept. That's how you know it is a problem when I say what you suggest to say. You still can't embrace that. You still can't receive that. Why? Because you are a murderer. I'm going to kill every chance you try to get close to me. I'm going to kill every chance you try to get me right. I'm going to kill every chance you try to get me to embrace the truth. I don't want your truth. The truth is I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to hear that God is saying he's not pleased with this. I don't want to hear that God saying change this. I don't want to hear God is saying be delivered. I don't want to hear that I have to live holy. I haven't had an opportunity to wild out. I don't want to hear your truth. That's why we'll find something wrong with Church of Philadelphia. Because I don't want to hear this level of truth. Well, what's wrong with going to another church? Everything, if they're not teaching you biblical truth. Everything, if the truth that they're speaking is not challenging you or forcing you to change. Everything is what's wrong with it. Well, Church of Philadelphia is not the only church. You're right, but not. But I can't find... And I look, and I've been to a whole lot of other churches, and I have looked. I ain't found none like us. Not around here, I haven't. I'm not saying there are not other churches that tell you the truth, preach you the truth. But around here, I ain't found nobody like us. Murders. I'll kill it. I'll kill it. I keep a knife on me, my sharp words. I stab it every time you try to change. Mm -mm. My sharp look, I stab it every single time. Oh, come, come on, come on, he says what? Thefts. You steal, you steal. Yes, I'm talking to you, you steal. I know we came and dealt with these scriptures before, how you steal peace, you steal joy, you suck it out of the atmosphere. But your unruly self, your unsubmitted self, your unyielding self, yes, you steal. You don't want to hear that you're a thief. I pay my tithes. I give my offering. But if you didn't give it with a cheerful heart, you stole you stole an opportunity to give to God to help advance his kingdom in the right spirit. You stole an opportunity. Talk about covetousness. Don't nobody covet prophecy. Papa tells you to covet that. And not just covet prophecy, meaning you prophesy, covet prophecy when the prophetic word comes to you. Covet that. 
And we're not talking about up here being on no front row, on the last row, trying to manipulate nobody with your crazy looking, sad looking face. Oh, we've all been there. When the spirit is flowing, instead of you worshiping God, because see, what you got to understand, prophecy is connected to worship. If you get in his presence, you ain't looking for no word of God but start speaking a word to you. I'm like, I don't want another word. Jesus, God, I even did the other one you told me. Please. But some of y'all will be up here. You ain't crying because you convicted by nothing. I know I ain't lying. Look, you're straight crazy. And you pull on the compassion. Now, God ain't offended because we go and lay hands on you. God is not because the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. God is not offended. We can come speaking to your life because the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. But just go ahead and accept that truth. Yeah. I just be wanting to feel better. And I figure, hey, if you, because you the set man of the hour, you the set woman of the hour, and if God is using you, what you speak to me, hey, he going to honor that. So, yes, I would. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Yes, I wanted what was coming out of your mouth to help me get through my week. Because if you know the hell I was just in yesterday, I'm trying to get through my week. And I believe that you've been the set person, the set carrier of his presence of the hour. Whatever God puts in your mouth, he will honor it. So yes, I entice you. And remember your compassion to speak to me. But did you catch what I said in all of that? Prophecy is connected to worship. But we can't get nobody to do See, I'm sick of all this. I'm convicted when God dealt with me in front of a crowd. This same God is dealing with you in the public like he's dealing with you in the private. Why you want to get convicted in the public when you got somebody to hold you accountable what you say God is saying? Because guess what? What he just said to you in the public, he already told you in the private. You just got caught slipping when he said it again to you in the public. Now you got witnesses of what you're saying God is saying. So now you got to come do it. But he already told you to do it in the private, but you only want to be accountable because you got witnesses. The devil is alive. Why folk won't fast and pray until we got to call a corporate fast? You see folks sitting but next to you bound by devils and it don't bother you. It goes to show you how comfortable you are with devils. Oh, y'all ain't gonna... Let me pull a, let me pull a religious on y'all. Oh, y'all ain't saying that now. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing now. No, it goes to show you how comfortable with devils you have become. You tolerate these devils. It's a common thing for them to be around you now. It used to be when you were on fire for God. Yeah, I said it. When you were on fire for God, when you felt the presence of a devil, you would get up and start warring. Oh, no, devil. Now you're comfortable with these devils talking to you. You have conversations with them. 
in the devils that you had in a conversation with yourself, them devils in you, and the ones that's in the people that's in your house, you having comfortable conversation with these devils. And some of us are sleeping with devils. The devil in you, and the devil in the one laying next to you. It don't bother you though, because this has become your norm. And the reality, guess what? You paying the bills for devils, and you don't even run your own house. <laughs> How crazy is that? You paying all the bills taking care of these devils, and you don't even run your own house. Because you tormented. There's no peace in your atmosphere. There's always arguments in your atmosphere. You don't get no type of rest because of these devils in your atmosphere. Your prayers ain't doing nothing but hitting the ceiling. They're coming back down, busting you in your forehead because guess what? These devils are playing tennis, hacking sack with your prayer request. Back that down. Back that down. That ain't getting to God. Back that down. Uh-huh, you must be crazy. He ain't heard that pie smacking you in the face with your crazy prayers. It don't even bother you. Because you know what I found out? It's easier to quit. It's easier to give in. Where's well, more devils than it is me. And we showed you in scripture what happens when God answers the enemy's prayer. So we showed you what, what happens when the devil is praying. When all them devils start tag teaming you and start praying against, working against what you're praying. Well, I guess God ain't going to do it. Because it's easy to give up then trust what he said. Let me throw this in here. Because uh, we right here, it's a good moment to drop it right here. God, I was listening to the man of God and the man of God. He told me, he said, listen, when you were questioning, he was talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus, and he was talking about Rebecca, the mother of Isaac, and, uh, uh, not Isaac, but uh, Esau and Jacob, right? He said, the birther always has questions. Both Mary and Rebecca had questions. Mary, how can this be? See, I've never known a man. How will I bring a child into this earth? Since I've never known a man. It is going to be because the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you. If, Rebecca, if this is of God, what is taking place on the inside of me? And then the angel of God said, there were two nations in your womb. The birther had questions. We're the ones asking God, God, if it's you, then why is this happening? God, if it's you, then why is it taking so long? God, if it's you, then why such and such had to leave? God, if it's you, then why are you sending all these hellions over here, God? Because you're the birther asking the question, but do you believe what God said? Your questions are the proof that you're in the center of his will. I'm trying to give you a different way to look at your question. You asking the question because you don't believe God, but God wants you to look at your question as your question is the proof that you are in the center of what I said. Your question is the proof that I'm going to do what I said. It's just not adding up, lining up, looking like what you thought it should look like. But the fact that you got a question is, guess what? I'm all in the center of it. Yes, I'm behind the scenes manipulating something, working some things out in your paper. Guess what? I don't care how old you are. I got a testimony for that. Come here, Sarai. Oh, yeah. Yes, I can do it.
the wickedness, the deceit, the lasciviousness, the evil eye, the blasphemy, the pride, and then just the downright foolishness. See, you're not even operating on the foolishness of preaching of a cross. Just the foolish thing. Somebody need to tell you it's foolish that you start trusting God. <laughs> Somebody need to tell you it's foolish that you gave up on what he said. Somebody need to tell you that it's foolish that you're doubting God, struggling with unbelief. Foolishness. You never consider yourself a fool. I'm not calling you a fool, but you do have some foolishness about you. Foolishness. I'm not going to pray about it no more. Because if God wanted to do it, he would have been did it. And you're trying to tell God you're God. It's foolishness that you don't believe what the older generation said. He may not come. Oh, he may not come when you want him. But whenever he shows up, <laughs> I don't care if it's five years later, but whenever he shows up, I don't care if it's ten years later than what you thought, but whenever he shows up, he's always on time. Foolish that you keep getting thrown off by time. <laughs> oh, but he told you I'm the God that was. I'm the God that is and I'm the God that is to come. I sit outside of time. What did he tell you? I'm the God of time, baby. Time don't control me. I control it. I put time in my reality. It's foolish that you keep getting thrown off by time. It don't look like what you said. Everything God does, do you understand? God always starts in the dark. Oh, you're so busy trying to see. But every time God does it, he starts off in the dark. Go ask the sea. Every time a sea had to germinate and push his way up through the hard soil, it started in the dark. Go ask your day when your day was created. It started in the dark. Ask the creation of the world. It started in the dark. You in your mama's womb. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. When it's of God, you're not going to be able to see how it's done. I got you in the dark for a reason. Because I told you, we walk by faith and not by. The darkness, I'm trying to let the darkness help you. You keep trying to see. But I put the darkness there, oh, so you can faith this thing. It's foolishness. We always give me a sign if it's you. What other sign do you need? He said, the heavens and the earth declare my glory. What other sign do you need that he's God? Every time you go to your bathroom and standing in front of the mirror brushing your teeth, you are a testimony of the Lord God. What other sign do you need that God is God? 
foolishness. So busy worrying. I'm talking to myself. And I know there are certain things that trouble our heart. Relationships, children, promises that God has spoken. I'm not saying I don't, I, don't, I don't get it, that I don't understand. But I'm talking to myself. It's foolishness, Lincoln, if you got to see it. Every time it get dark, Ron, you should say, oh, he's doing something. He's up to something. I'm in his will. I'm in the center of his will. Every time I can't see it, every time I don't know it, that should be your sign that I'm in his will. I'm in the center of his will. God is working it out for my good. Well, see, some of us grown adults are still afraid of the dark. Oh, you ain't going to tell the truth. No, you don't have a problem walking in your dark house, but you sure have a problem living in darkness. Not knowing what God is about to do. Not knowing what God is up to. You have a problem living in darkness. You know what I keep? God keeps reminding me of something he told me about Jason. As there are certain people that we're connected to. Family members, friends. And their lifestyles, they bother us. But you know what he reminded me? He said, look at Jason. I boy done done some of everything. He said, but I told you, Lincoln, your prayer life is more powerful than his lifestyle. Pray about it, Lincoln. Talk to me about him, Lincoln. And as a result, that boy has been preaching the gospel. When I tell you the boy living a blessed life, God just blessed this boy with land. The boy just built him a business from the ground up. I said, God, look at you. Your lifestyle ain't more powerful than my prayer life. Oh, I'm trying to encourage somebody to get back to praying. I'm trying to encourage somebody to get back to talking to God. Oh, why? Because God missed you coming to talk to him. Tell him what's on your mind. Say, God, remind him of what he said. Although he has not forgot about it, sometimes you reminding God. It's reminding yourself of what God said he would do. He ain't forgot about what he said. It's in you reminding or so-called reminding God, you speaking, it comes alive in you. God, you said you, God, you said this. God is trying to stop something from dying on the inside of you. Your hope, your belief, the promise of God, he's trying to stop it from dying on the inside of you. This is what we don't understand. When you really look at the Bible, there were mantles that have been left in the earth realm. For example, when Elijah was taken up in the whirlwind, the mantle came off of him and it was made ready, available before Elisha. But the Bible talks about there was no one for Elisha to pass the mantle to. That even when they, the, the, the man, the body touched his dead bone because the mantle was still a part of his dead bone, the body had to raise up to life again. It's not just mantles that are left in the earth realm, but there are promises of God that are left in the earth realm because we got people that are afraid to stay flat-footed on what God said and Trust God. Foolishness. Trying to get out your way. But it's on me. Foolishness. 
why not be foolish enough to just trust him? Foolish enough to just believe what he said. More prophetess, Natara. Yeah, it won't be church if we ain't challenge you. Oh, we're not going to feel sorry. What has feeling sorry got us? Nothing but all of us being emotional. No, we need to stand on the word of God and trust God. Why quote it if you don't believe it? You're not a man that you should lie. When you really believe he's lying to you. You feel like he's lying to you. God is not afraid of your complaint. He's not afraid of that. If that's your truth, he's not afraid of your truth. Bring it to him. Oh, bring it to him. Or are you afraid to bring it? Bring it to him. It's not going to make him fall off the throne and he stop being God. Bring it to him. You mad? Say you mad. God, I'm mad you haven't done it yet. It's even in your anger that God is trying to get something to change in you, though. But then most of us are unwilling to ask God, why hasn't it happened yet? See, we're afraid to ask that because he may say, okay, you're unfit for it right now. You're unfit for the promise right now. But see, until you can acknowledge and accept that truth about you, God, I'm going to mess that up. See, I know if all this money and the exact word God used, he said, you are going to be a man of astronomical wealth, Lincoln. If all this money come in my hands right now, I might quit being y'all pastor. God, no, that ain't no lie. I'm, I don't even wear hats, but I'll go and buy me a collection just to tilt them to the side. Just, ah. <laughs> I got a new walk. I bought this walk. Oh. No, see, sometimes you got to acknowledge that about yourself. How do you handle the, with the thousands that you have, how do you handle that? Is it a struggle to give God a tithe? When you get a, a significant increase in what you got right now, is it a struggle to give God a tithe? Because the more money you get, the larger your tithe get. You're like, hold up. Mm. Now, if you second guess and giving God that tithe, you don't have the money well. I'm going to talk about me. So you got a little significant increase, and then I was like, I'm going to give you my tithe, God, but... <laughs> mm. See, when you start thinking about what you can do with the time, you ain't ready for no money. 
If what you got, you have not been a blessing to somebody else, meaning you can't give until it hurts you, you ain't ready for no money. Because I don't bless you. God does not bless you for you to gloat. God doesn't bless you for you to walk around with your nose tilted up at other people. He blesses you to be a blessing to other people. And if you can't find it in your heart to bless other people, we're not talking about the folk you like. Because if they only serve people, you're going to bless. Like, I bless Ivan. I bless the flowers. I bless Renisha. You know what I'm saying? But would I bless you, Alex? I might. You understand what I'm saying? I'm just telling you the truth. I'm not painting this picture about me because I, I have blessed you before. I'm just saying. This is how some of us do. We have favorites. But when God blesses you, he does not bless you to bless your so-called favorites. And if that is your mindset, you ain't ready for the blessing. Not ready for the blessing. We gotta ask you, why do you even want the blessing? Just because? Oh, I know, I know, I know, because God said it. <laughs> do you even know what that means? God said it. Have you took time to engage why God wants to give the blessing to you? I look at me and my children. Ain't because I'm a good father. Hmm. See, I don't mind speaking to me, God. I ain't no good father all the time. I'm selfish. Moody. Oh, yeah. Those are like top ones. I'm selfish. I can be very moody. About simple things. I'm not worried about the person over there on that front row. <clears throat> Felt that in my shining eye. I might be moody. But so can my children. They can be very moody. And I find myself trying to overlook that. Bypass that. Oh, they're just growing up. No. No. If you don't give me a pass. God don't give me a pass when I'm wrong. He deals with me, and I have to come up and be like, listen, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have did that. I shouldn't have did that. Good action. I'll come back and apologize when I'm wrong. I don't have a problem with it when I'm wrong. See, most people don't know how to deal with me, though. Give me my space and time. Because I'm going to think about what was said, and I'm going to think about what I said to you, what you said to me. I don't have a problem letting God deal with me. See, most folks, they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to give me my space. Just give me time. See, one thing Apostle learned about me, he said, listen. He used to always be, man, come out that devil right now. Man of God, I'm just trying. I don't want to hear your explanation. Still mad. I'm not, I'm not trying to rebel, man of God. I'm just trying to process something, man of God. When God dealt with him, God said, give him time. He needs to process through this. He, he's not going away just disregarding what you say. He's processing everything that was said to him. And because of the heart I placed in him, when he's wrong, he's going to come back and say, I was wrong. 
So I started finding this out about my children. God started showing me, he said, listen. So I used to just bust and she kind of went, I don't care about, I don't care about you. I don't care that you're growing up. What? Your mama is what you are. And I ain't looking at you in no perverted way. Child, you my child. I just kick the door open. Care if you dress or not. You better be doing what I said do. Cause I ain't looking at you in no perverted way. But then God taught me something. God said she's growing up. Give her her space. So now, now every now and then I'm still working on it. <laughs> but when I know she's not dressed, I don't just bust in her room. There, there are moments I come, like last night, I kept knocking on the door. Now, it's not my first time doing it. I've been knocking on the door for a minute now. I was playing this game with her to see what she's going to do. I knocked on the door because she was supposed to be cleaning the room. She take 15 hours to clean the room. I knock on the door. They got the door cracked. They in there dancing. <laughs> dancing. Supposed to have been clean. You know what I mean? I ain't even going to mention the type of dancing that they were doing to church music. So I'm looking through the crack like... Yeah, this is how I was looking. And I come back the second time, I knock on the door. I saw you, daddy. I saw you, daddy. I saw you through the crack, daddy. Because I wanted you to see me. Did you see me the first time, though? Then she had to back up. Yeah, I saw you when you was doing all those dances to church music. <laughs> she thinks she's going to drink a water there. <laughs> But I learned something in the process. Give a space, give a time. I know as parents, we, we, we swear we right. Because we pay the bills. Because you came out me. <laughs> yeah, they did. But God gave them a heart just like God gave you a heart. God gave them a conscience just like he gave you a conscience. Give them time to process. Now, after they've had time to process and they don't come back, see, if you like me, God deal with them right now. After I prayed and talked to God to deal with you, and I know God is going to honor me, and you don't come back and make it right, oh, we got a problem. See, now that's Shekinah. Shekinah's not going to come back and just, oh, oh, Daddy, Daddy, I just want to say I was sorry. I got to tell you. Now, you know Shekinah. But she's getting better. See, I ain't going to just leave y'all there. You're getting better. You're getting better. I said all that to say. Y'all, we got to stay attentive to what God is trying to say. And when God speaks, acknowledge the truth that God is bringing to you. Forget the vessel. If the vessel is speaking the truth of God, or you know it's the truth of God, accept the truth. And let that truth deal with you. Because God is trying to bring a change on the inside of us. Let me tell you something. There should be no reason why folks should have been up chucking when this type of word came forward. Because the truth be told, folk are trying to suppress them little folk. Mm-mm, don't you come out right now. Mm-mm. That truth is dealing with them. They trying to come out. Mm-mm, mm-mm. That's why you'll find folk like that. They ain't raising their hand because they're in agreement. They're raising their hand because they're trying to stop that little person from manifesting. Oh, I've been there, done that. 
I know that game is what I'm saying. I didn't want that little folk to come out because what was being dealt with, folk gonna know I deal with this and I didn't want them little people being manifested so I would imitate a praise. Oh, amen. That's me, Lord. Oh. You weren't in no agreement. You was trying to stop them little people from coming out. Won't he do it? <laughs> yes, he will. Come on, put your hands together for the word of Jesus.